Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. That's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And me, Paul, as Tedward, the spooniest bard of all. (laughs) 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 Don't go hiding now. Me, 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 me. We're glad you're back and <laughs> like what we do. We're having a great time making content for you. If you want to help out, we have Patreon. It's 12 sided guys. That's one, two sided guys. At patreon.com. <laughs> That's so bad, I'm not even in tune. <laughs> There's videos, maps, a wiki, and sheets. Or just give us two bucks and help buy us some treats. Our Patreons are awesome, we love them a ton. Become one or not, but hang out for some fun. And if you always kept a spare sprint shoes or two, I can say with some surety this podcast's for you. So sit back and relax and I'll describe the scene. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 16. Hey, Nani, Nani. Wow. I'm snapping my fingers. Legit. Belra, Lord Fortuga, it's it's me, Nari. I mean, I guess you probably didn't meet, need me to tell you that. Sorry it's been so long. I've, um, you know, been busy. But, but thank you. Thank you both for your protection. I mean, I'm not going to lie, when the ship was attacked, I was pretty nervous. I've, I've never been on a boat. It, I'm not a pirate. I've never battled at sea, but... I know it was you, Lady Belra. You brought the rain that kept Ebby's fire from engulfing our vessel, but it dealt great damage to our enemies. To you I offer up the perseverance of Roos and Pine in worship. Both were badly hurt, yet they stood their ground in the face of danger. And Lord Fortuga, you guided my axe as I smashed down that not-so-great swordsman. You lent strength to Pine as he crushed those who stood against him. To you I offer our battle fury and worship. I give these gifts humbly. I have strayed far from home and I have not been loyal to the clan. I will discover what evil has fallen upon the Stormfists and I will rid us of it. I pray for your forgiveness and for your favor. And then Nari kind of just glances at her arm and and hopes that was enough to get her tattoo back, but it it stays fractured. All right. That was awesome. Yes, I dug that one. I love the I love when the when the backstory comes out in in organic ways. You know what I mean? As opposed to saying, "So what do you do?" Well, my my <laughs> father was killed by bandits when I was five, and blah. You know, you know what I mean this was I like that a lot. That's really cool. As two ships burn 
fall apart and sink in the river. A storm is raging overhead, rain pelting down all around you as the four heroes, Nari and the boys, along with Applebottom and Crumbles, the Adelon. Aelaton. <laughs> and Crumbles, the Aelaton. And don't forget Gigi. And, and Gigi's <laughs> there too. And the apparition beast of Lord Moshe. <laughs> Thank you. We've got a crew. I was just about to say. <laughs> the apparition beast of Lord Moshe is in the water, as I believe. So you are leaving the apparition beast of Lord Moshe behind because you are venturing into the forest. It is about one o'clock in the morning. A very uh, rough last. I mean, in game terms, honestly, it was probably like 24 seconds, but uh, seemed like a, a lifetime of battle aboard the sea. Uh, or aboard a river. Um, you are now in the forest uh, as rain is pelting down in the dark, slogging through mud, and I need to know what you guys are doing. So uh, Pine just knocked out Applebottom because he's unsure who basically set the empire on us. Um, so Pine will basically will be um, kind of picking him up and putting him back on Crumble's back. We have to get distance from here. Even though both ships went down, I I seriously doubt they will just assume that we all went down. To assume there were no survivors would be folly on their part. There will be search parties. There will be more. We must get away from here. We must find a place to hide, seek shelter. Can we see if there's any lights across the river or it, like any signs of anybody else still around? Why don't you make a perception check, Sabrina or Nari? All right, 21. Um, as you look around, you look across the river with a 21 looking specifically for lights. You don't see any lights. But as you are all quiet and you are listening intently, you do hear what you think are bodies moving through underbrush. It's a ways off. Does that make sense? Is it across so the river or on this side? Uh, it's hard to tell. With all okay. the rain and all the noise, you hear, you hear noises out that's not just rain and it's not just the sound of the river flowing by. And uh, I was going to say the crackle of the fire, but the ships are pretty much down under the water by now. The fires are out. Um, you hear things moving out there and it it you can't tell how many but you have a feeling that you're not out of the woods yet in fact you're just into the woods we should get further into these woods what was that song from into the woods agony <laughs> you know i never finished into the woods it's a good really? one it, i i've got reasons for never finishing it I, it disturbed <laughs> me greatly as a child, yes, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly. Oh, no. Yes, we should make haste into the woods. Um, I don't believe Crumbles can see in the dark, but I... Crumbles and I, I feel like we... I feel like he can feel my thoughts and I can feel his, so I think I can lead him somewhat safely through. So, Paul, what I'm hoping to be able to do is walk in front of Crumbles using my night vision, or my dark vision, to help find a path through so that uh, Crumbles will not, you know, make way too much noise crashing through the underbrush as we try to get away. Got it. So, you're going to basically, 
you're going to be helping uh, with like a move silently or something. Exactly. Or so it's stealth? my fine steed, sp- my fine steed spell. So, um, or, you know, sorry, summon crumbles call. Well, yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, we actually do have a telepathic link. Okay. So yeah, that's, like- that, that should be fine. Um, okay. one other thing real quick that you guys had mentioned last time was, uh, trying to pluck the, um, Aeon stone from, uh, from uh apple bottom's head oh that's so right it doesn't give off light um i wanted to make sure because you guys had said that you hadn't actually done it so i just wanted to make sure that you guys actually remember to do that because i'm kind and benevolent today okay yeah i'll <laughs> while i'm putting them on there i'll make sure that we pluck that off and and then i'll toss it to whoever is holding the bag yeah. as soon as you pluck it off you hear his stomach just go gurgle 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 <laughs> oh great he's gonna have the squirts on my aleton <laughs> all right so what's your guys' next move? Get away from the river, I think. Get far from the shore, yeah. Let's head into the forest is a little ways. I'd like to still be able to see the river at least so that we know which direction we're heading. Traveling at night, we might get lost. That's a good call. So you want to play, stay close to the bank, is what you're saying, but, but in the forest? Ebby, do you, do you know this part of the forest? Do you think you'd be able to navigate us through if we put some distance between us and the river well i believe that i paul do i know this part of the river why don't you make a survival <laughs> check <laughs> okie dokie um da-boo. come on survival Abby rolled a 15 um you you're pretty sure you do i mean you've you've been up here you knew where the ford was but but you didn't know where the house was of uh, mayor joyce so um you realize that there are some spots in your knowledge of the area but you're you're fairly certain you can figure out how to at least find um the road and what i mean by the road is um there's a road that leaves tabory um from the ferry and heads uh, it heads west and then southwest to another town called Destin. Um, you're fairly certain you can figure out how to find that road. Got it. Okay. I'm going to relay that to the crew and basically just say exactly what you said. But you also know that that way, if you go to the road, um, that's not necessarily, especially if you start following the road, that's not the way to the lake. Got it. Okay. So we'll, we want to cross the road and kind of keep going further east. Once you get to the road, I mean, I've, I've got a map. Um, we can pull up a map here real quick. Sorry, I know that you can't see it in. You know, if you join Patreon at the $10 level, you can see the maps. Hi-yo, oh, there it is. That, that is. that is true. That is true. Okay, so basically, you guys are up here by the Long River um, outside of Tabry. And the road is, I mean, if you zoom in, you can see the road heads uh, basically to the west and then south. So if you want to go to the lake, yeah, then you would you would cross the road and continue following the river. Uh, the problem is, is it's nighttime and it's pouring down rain. So even with night vision, visibility will be decreased and hampered. And one other thing to remember, none of you have had a full night's rest. Right. Yeah, I think at this point, if we can just get into the shadows and stay hidden, um, it might be better than trying to travel at night. Agreed. Which direction did you hear those footfalls, Nari? It was it was too hard to tell. There was it, it was too hard to tell where they were at. I feel we should head south. Oh wait, well, I guess we're on the the right at this point the river's going north and south, right? 
Yeah, at this point, the river is going north and south. It's about to enter a, a bend where it heads back for closer. It head, it'll start heading east, um, and then it'll head kind of southeast as it goes past Tabry. I feel we should head directly away from the river. So maybe if we head southwest a little ways um, to get far from the bank, and then when the sun comes up, we can get our bearings and start making our way uh, when we can see. I think that's a good idea. I... A thought came to me. Now, I don't know if you can do this or not, Ebby, but if you summon some horses and had them leave a false trail, maybe we can get these guys pursuing us to go a different direction. You know, I might be able to work something up like that. Let me see. Hmm. I could more likely than not call upon Lord Moshe to... Um, uh, to bring about another apparition beast. And um, we might be able to leave some sort of a false trail that way. It would last for roughly an hour. Ebby, I know that you, you, you can't do these things indefinitely. I already used quite a bit of my reserves in that previous fight. So whatever you do, make sure you have some fuel left in the tank for if we do run into any more of these patrols. I, you know, I've used up a, a bit of my more kind of deeper magical reserves, but I do still have quite a few left. So I think we could do this. I I, I feel fairly certain of it. Okay. Well, if you're, if you're comfortable with it, then by all means. But Abby, I want, I want you to make me a promise, okay? I've been thinking about it. There are, absolute, there are three things that we do not want to fall into the Empire's hands. Absolutely not. You, this key, and Applebottom. If we do run into resistance and things start to go sour, I want you to jump on Crumbles and ride with Apple Bottom and the disc away. You know, that's a better idea than what I was going to say. I was going to say if things turn south, kill me. Just haul off and let it go. Well, I'd rather send you on my on, on Crumbles, but... I've been thinking about it, though. If you were to hit me right here, see this area where, where the, my <laughs> neck piece, it's, I think you could take the head clean off in one good swoop. I'm pretty sure Roos has already been studying you for that. I mean, we, we saw it demonstrated before. Roos, will you kill me, please? <laughs> well, I was, I was leaning more towards killing Applebottom if it came to it. Oh, yes. Kill him, too, of course. I mean, you've definitely... <laughs> Crumbles will take you where you need to go. I have no doubt about it, but if you if it comes to it, you you even Ebby, even your corpse, I wouldn't want falling into the hands of the Empire. Who knows what they could do with it? I am touched by by the sentiment, though, Pine, and I do appreciate the thoughts. Honestly, though, I feel that between you and myself, your experience and uh, the history that you have make you likely immensely more important than even myself. There are clearly many deacons out there in the world, although certainly they're not all awake as I am, but perhaps there's a way that they could be woken up. And if I can do it, great. But if I fail or if I should fall, then I would hope to trust that task perhaps to you. Well, I will do my best, Ebby, but... Maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's let's just plan not to die today. Very well. 
But if I do need to die, I'm looking at you, Roos. <laughs> Roos so, is looking in the complete opposite direction because he can't see in the dark. <laughs> so, Roos, you can't see in the dark. Go ahead. You you can jump up on Crumbles as well. I will try to lead him. Um, and then, um, Abby, you want to bring up the rear and send off your um, the apparition beast of Lord Moshe to, to create a false trail while we try to hide our own? I think that sounds like a wonderful idea. Ebby will kind of stomp his foot on the ground and this kind of wave of green energy will kind of flow out into an area 10, 15 feet away and it will kind of bring up this wolf beast out of the earth, kind of like the stone wolf beast thing, similar to the one that I had that fought with us in town square. And um, I'm just going to have that thing run off in a direction uh, let's have it go in the complete opposite direction, kind of heading northwest um, back towards the mountains. Yeah. Or, or like up above, the, like along the river, like back towards the mansion type thing. Um, or even or even more out into the forest, even more out into the forest. OK. All right. Then I need a couple things. Which direction are you guys going? What is your marching order? And um, are you guys going to try to be quiet? I think Ebby will take up the rear then. Yeah, Ebby, if you can try to disguise our path as we as we move. I don't know if you have those those kinds of abilities, but just um try to cover our trail. I'll do Nari, maybe you could help with that as well as I as I lead us through. I'll do my best. We're talking Pine leads the way. Um, leading uh, Crumbles with Applebottom and Roos on its back. That's if Roos wanted to ride on the Applebottom. If we wanted to ride on Applebottom, that's if Roos <laughs> wanted to ride on Crumbles. Ro- yeah, Roos can ride on Crumbles. I can I can peek through Gigi's eyes, so Roos can see, but then he can't see through his own eyes while he's doing that. But I, I don't think I could travel like that. So Gigi, so so Gigi could be our um, maybe an airborne scout for us. Yeah. Does Gigi have night vision? Gigi does have night vision. Oh, okay. She could she could scout. She can't fly too high. She more glides than flies. But uh she can she can scout out a little bit for us. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. And then Nari uh, is after Crumbles and she also does not have night vision. And then we have Ebby bringing up the rear. Is that that that's the order? Yeah, I think I think so. Sounds good to me. Okay. All right. So the marching order then is going to be Pine leading Crumbles with Applebottom and Roos on the back, followed by Blind Nari, and then Evie bringing up the rear. Is that what we're talking about? I'm good with yes, that. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Very good. Okay. So now the second question, which direction are you guys going? Honestly, heading away from the river. So I was thinking like southwest. Um south or southwest uh yeah like towards the forest but y- yeah also towards tabery yeah yeah well you guys once you're off the river you guys are in the forest but yes yeah, yeah. just deeper in the forest i get it yeah that's what i'm thinking just deeper into the forest just make it harder for them to like locate us okay harder for them to have landmarks to like search for us maybe they'll get lost as they're looking for us okay and you guys are trying to be sneaky correct Yes. The sneakiest of the sneakiest. Yes. Okay. So 
that I, I am going to apologize, Nari, because you now have Mithril Chainmail, which allows you to sneak without disadvantage, but you can't see. So I need some stealth checks, and Nari, you've got to make yours with disadvantage. Okay, Pine got an 18 on his stealth check, and I'm going to roll for uh, Crumbles as well. Sabrina got us, or Nari got a seven. <laughs> Crumbles got a 20. Oh my gosh. Roos got a 24. Jeez. Ebby uh, got a 14. All right. You guys start to head um, southwest away from the river into the forest. It is, the ground is really uh, kind of soupy. Um, until you get further down in underneath the trees. And then it's still damp. It's still wet. Um, but um, for those of you that can see, so Roos, you can see through um, through Gigi's eyes and then Evie and Pine, you guys can see that there is now like no road, no trail. There is just grass and dirt and rocks and trees and rain. Uh, as you guys, I'm going to make a, a quick check here. Okay. Um, uh, as you guys start heading out into the woods, uh, for moving, you guys are moving extra slow. So, um, you're trying to be very quiet and sneaky, which means I think like in game terms, that's 15 feet per round is basically what you can do. Um, trying to be sneaky. So half speed, um, in already kind of difficult conditions. And as you're walking along, uh, Nari, you just, you're trying, but it's really, really hard not being able to see where you're going. Uh, it is so dark and so wet. The only benefit that you can see for the rain and all the cloud cover is that um, at least the rain hitting the trees and hitting the ground kind of softens noise a little bit. Um, as you are heading through the trees, after about 20 or 25 minutes, um, I just want everybody to make a perception check. Okay, Pine only rolled a 10. And Nari has to make it with disadvantage, sorry, because she can't see. Ebby rolled a 13 on perception. Nari rolled a 17, and also a nat 20, but, you know, 17. <laughs> Roos got an 18. Okay. As you guys are walking through the trees, um, Ebby, you're bringing up the rear, you're looking behind you, looking left and looking right, you're listening really, really hard, um, and... Uh, Pine, you're leading the way, but you're also trying very hard to keep Crumbles quiet, uh, making sure that, you know, uh, that uh, uh, he doesn't step in a hole or something like that. So you're being very careful with that. Um, when, um, as you are walking through um, Nari and uh, Roos, the two, the two people who can't normally see in the dark, you both, um, maybe it's because you don't see in the dark that suddenly when there is a little bit of light, it is... Um, it is almost jarring to you. And so um, as you're walking through the forest, suddenly you see some pinpoints of light. Um, it looks like, uh, I think, two uh, pinpoints of light uh, coming from further south in the woods. I'll whisper, get down. Roos is going to slide off of Applebot. Pardon me, not Applebottom. Roos is going to slide off of Crumbles and duck behind a tree. Yeah, um, what everyone can see once uh, Nari kind of gives you the warning, you see actually, it looks like a patrol um, of Imperial soldiers is moving through the woods. They're kind of sweeping uh, like a, 
Boy Scout lost camper style where they're all like five feet apart um, and they're moving through the woods. And on either end, you see some guards, some of the the kind of the normal Imperial soldiers are, are holding torches. And then um, you see bringing up the rear, um, you see a few archers, like three archers. And in the middle of the group, you see uh, two uh, what we're calling Imperial swordsmen wearing splint armor. And they've got like long swords and, and short swords. And you see, leading the group, you see a heavily armored uh, great swordsman in plate armor with a great sword on his back. And they are, uh, it looks like they are slowly making their way towards you guys. And let me make a check real quick. Okay. As you guys, you guys have basically at this point as they're moving towards you, I will give each of you one round of choices before they move up close enough to see you. Because it looks like right now they can't see you. Their light, while it's lighting up the area around them, um, you guys are just out of the torchlight and it's actually made them easier for you to see them. So what do you guys want to do? So, I mean, we can roll initiative so you guys can decide that or you guys can just each kind of tell me what you want to do as far as uh, your round action. Well, I don't think I'm going to be much help since I can't see and I, I probably can't like shimmy up a tree. So, I mean, Nari will kind of try to hide herself in the underbrush and just get her axe ready to to go. OK, so then Nari, for you, I want you to make um, you've got basically you got four directions to go. Which direction you want to go? Do you want to go north, south, east or west? Since you can't see where you're at, which what, where do you want to go? <laughs> Uh, the lights are coming from the west then? No, they're, they're coming from the south. They're coming from the south. Right. Um, yeah, I will go west this way, right? Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna head to Nari's right? Yes. Okay, and you start searching for some underbrush. You go 5, 10, 15 feet, and all you feel is damp grass and mud. Well, that sucks. Okay. That's where you are. Okay. Now you have another action if you want to make that part of your move, uh, but then it's going to be harder to hide. No, I'm just going to hang out and see what happens. I mean, there's not much I can do being blind. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, What does everybody else want to do? Pine will lead Crumbles to the east, actually. He can see that there are some trees over there. So I'm going to try to kind of um, quietly lead crumbles with apple bottom kind of up behind one of those trees to see if I can get him out of sight. Yep. Right up there. And then pine is going to take cover in the tree as well. Okay. And Roos is on the back. No, Roos got off, right? Yeah. Roos stepped down. Okay. Uh, I would have been, so peeking through Gigi's eyes, I would have seen if there were somewhere for me to, to go and hide. Cause that was my intention as well. Well, and realistically, you could literally put Gigi on your head and then yeah. look through her eyes. Okay. Like night vision goggles. <laughs> and just have, have her sit right on your face. Otherwise, you'd, you'd have this crazy impression that you're taller than you really are. I know, right? My, my aim would be off on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so right. I'll, I'll use my night Gigi goggles and uh, head to the nearest tree. What is her night vision? Is it 30, 60? Dark vision, 30 feet. Roos is going to run up to this tree here. Okay. 
just it's so heading down south and um, west just a little bit. He's gonna duck behind a tree there and then use a basically a bonus action to hide. Yeah, I'll just kind of describe the scene a little bit better. I didn't really describe the scene for our listeners, but basically um, here in the forest, there's a, a slight clearing um, with just trees around the edge. And then there's a couple trees in the middle, a couple of dead trees. And coming up from the south into this clearing, we also see these Imperial soldiers. So Roos ran down towards a tree kind of in the middle of the clearing. Uh, and that's where he's hiding. Okay. And you're trying to hide then? Yes. So Roos is trying to hide. Uh, got, I got a 16 on my stealth. And my plan okay. is, is if, if I see someone notice me, I'm going to throw a dagger at them. Okay. All right. And then, Ebby, you're last. You can see, since you were in the back, you can see what has happened so far. And we see that Nari is kind of scrambling in the dirt, looking for a bush to hide behind. Um, and you get the impression that she can't see where she's at. <laughs> I don't like the odds of this kind of situation that we find ourselves in. So here's what I'm here's what I kind of want to do. I want a wild shape, uh, use my robotic reconfiguration. And after having fought, you know, a few days ago, a few episodes back when we fought the Red Panthers, I want to transform into a panther. Um, awesome. And my hope is to try to create a diversion and maybe even lead astray this group of soldiers if possible so what i'd like to do i see on the map it looks like there is kind of a cliff edge to the west on the western edge of this clearing yeah a little rise over there yeah exactly so what i'd like to do is start making my way that way and i want to try to do so um not very stealthily because i want to try to attract attention in the hopes that the speed for the Panther that I'll be able to kind of outrun anything that's going on with these, with these people that are, you know, kind of trying to scour the area. Right. All right. So you're going to head over that way, making a little bit of noise, but not overtly like saying, Hey, follow me guys. Yeah. I want it to look like it's, it's a a beast or something like that. They can hear that something big is moving quickly in that direction. That's kind of my hope. Okay. All right. Well then here's what we're going to do. We are now going to roll initiative does crumbles just go on my turn uh, i think that's what we're just going to run 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 crumbles as yeah okay so i'll just i'll do my turn then crumbles turn okay yeah yeah nari rolled a 19 roos got a six pine got a seven Ebby got a 14 or 13 sorry wait no yes 14 <laughs> sorry i'm looking at the wrong numbers let me make four rolls here real quick. One, two, three, four. Shablam. All right, we've got straight up 12. We have got a straight up 19. We have got a straight up 14. And we have got a 13. I like the way you said Shablam, and I've been racking my brain trying to come up with a Shazam joke. But I, I couldn't I couldn't figure one out, guys. I apologize. <laughs> well, you know, I got to go back real quick when uh, you were talking, Matt, and you said that uh, Roos uh, probably had already scouted out a way to, to kill Ebby. Um, you know, this is like a half an hour ago or whatever. But I was literally saying the exact same thing, but I was on mute <laughs> when you were saying it. <laughs> nice. I mean, we, we specifically talked about this when he took out a, a, a deacon with like one strike. Like 
Right. We made that joke earlier yeah. in a different episode. <laughs> Roos has diagrams. He's drawn pictures. All right. Okay. Well, um, Nari, it is actually your turn. Oh, man. I'm not the one who wanted to go first. Okay. Well. You can wait. There's, if you want to, yeah. you can wait and go after the swordsman because they go on the same initiative, but they're a little slower than you. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I don't really care, I guess. I would probably kind of want to just move forward a little bit south towards the light, um, groping my way, trying to find some sort of tree or cover to kind of hide behind, but also okay, trying so, to be quiet. Okay, so you're going to go kind of half speed, and are you going to use your action to move as well? Yeah. Let's see if you can make it. One, two, three, four, five. Suddenly... You, uh, as you're, as you're kind of slowly going with your arms out in front of you, trying to reach, uh, suddenly you, uh, feel a brush, uh, like a, of a branch against your face and, um, you feel a hand reach out and, and kind of touch you and it's Roos, uh, standing right next to you. You manage to find the tree in the dark that Roos is hiding behind as well. Nice. Okay. I knew I could make so, it. <laughs> so that was your action and your move. Do you have anything you want to do for a bonus action? No, I'm good. Okay. All right, then that brings us to the swordsmen. They are going to continue moving up. And they are moving about 15 feet per round. And uh, they are still um, not able to see what's going on because the firelight is is back with the uh, with the Imperial soldiers. Okay, brings us to Ebby. Ebby, what do you want to do? Okay, um, so I want to move more into position on top of that ridge. Um, so kind of, you know, part way down where we can see there, um, I want to still stay kind of like, I don't want them to see me necessarily, but if there are like twigs or branches or brush or brambles that I can start crashing around in to try to make like a ruckus, I want to try to do that and see if I can draw some attention this direction. Let's see how um, well they are able to uh, to hear you. There is a lot of rain and a lot of noise. You step on some branches, you can hear them crack. And in fact, Roos and Ebby, you guys can hear. Or, uh, Ebby, or sorry, Roos and Nari, you can hear these uh, this the brush rustling, rustling, and you can hear the the branches crack and that kind of thing. But it seems like they're uh, from those of you who can see these soldiers. It looks like uh, they have not changed their pattern at all. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Uh, no, I think that's probably it. Just spend all my action and movement just trying to kind of make make a ruckus up here. Okay. Well, that brings us now to Great Swordsman. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to move up 15 feet. So now he is the same level as the, uh, as the Swordsman. And then the Scouts are going to move up as well. Uh, and the uh, Guards... It is their turn after the scouts. They will move up and the light moves with them. So let's see what everyone can see. All right. It looks like the soldiers at this point, because of the light, it looks like, um, Ebby, you are now in uh, dim light. And then uh, Roos and Nari, you are also in dim light. So what I need is they're going to make a check to see if they can see Ebby or Roos or Nari. Um, Ebby and Nari, because you guys are not actually hiding, uh, their difficulty is going to be 10 to see you. And then uh, the hide from Roos, I think, was a 16. Is that right? Yeah, it was 16. 
Okay, so here we go. We're going to see, we're going to do four checks. I know there's more than four soldiers, but I'm kind of, I'm doing each check based on each type of enemy here. Okay, as they as they move up and the light moves up, the swordsmen, so the, the, the order is guard, swordsman, great swordsman, swordsman, guard, if that makes sense. It's kind of like a, What's that kind of word like race car where it's the same forwards and backwards, but this is like side to side. It's a, it's an even pattern. Is it a palindrome? Yeah, sure. It's a palindrome <laughs> of bad guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> the swordsman on the left, who's closer to Ebby, um, he points up to the ridge and he, he uh, calls out, uh, careful, there's a cat. Um, the great swordsman, however, um, after the sword, after the swordsman says that the great swordsman looks ahead and he points at the tree that Roos and Nari are in. And he says, there might be one up behind that tree too. Keep your eyes peeled. And you see now weapons are out. Um, everyone's on a little bit more alert. Okay. Pine. Okay. So I'm going to continue trying to be sneaky. Okay. So I'm going to continue to try to move, um, crumbles to the east. Okay. And I'm going to try to move around the east side of the tree that I'm on, kind of keep the tree between me and them as I look for a hiding spot closer up. Like, so I can see that farther south, about 15 feet away, there's another tree. So I'm going to try to move to that tree by going around the, the east side of it. Perfect. Why don't you just make a stealth check for you and a stealth check for Crumbles? Okay. So stealth form pine is a 10. Um, and stealth for crumbles shall be a 17. Crumbles is super sneaky with that plus one to, to, to stealth. So, uh, you can actually make those two checks with advantage because you're still not in their light. Like their light has not touched oh. you yet. So the only thing they'd be able to do is hear you move. So perfect. Yeah. Okay. Then, um, crumble still gets the 17. Um, and then, um, pine will get a 16. Okay. So Crumbles is not staying with me though. So I want Crumbles oh. to move off farther to the west or farther, farther to the east. Yeah, over there. Kind of okay. to keep Apple Bottom out of their sight, out of their grip. Okay. Perfect. All right. Yeah, you managed to move up to this next tree. It's a little bit bigger than the one you were hiding behind before. And you look over and you can see Crumbles um, uh, carefully feeling his way uh, um, further east uh, and away from uh, what very well may turn into a, a battlefield. Yeah, at this point, like I'm, I'm thinking at this point, because we've been able to communicate telepathically, I was kind of able to send him that direction. But now that we're not right next to each other, I'm assuming he'll have a harder time with those kinds of checks. Well, yeah, because you're not going to be right next to him too to say, hey, this is what's right in front of you, that kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, basically, you can communicate, but he's going to be on his own for his checks from now on. Cool. Okay. Which means a disadvantage. All right, Roos, what are you going to do? The only person I can see is this guy. And did this guy see me? So the only person you can see is the guard who's furthest to the right. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Um, that guy can see that there's something in the tree only because the great swordsman pointed him out. Okay. Um, I am going to... Damn, we're in a tight spot. <laughs> Roos is going to... He's going to stay put. If someone gets within... Um, the range of his throwing dagger, he's, he's going to throw uh, a dagger at him. Okay. And I'm going to bonus action, try and hide a little bit better. Okay. Make another stealth check then. I got a 26 on this one. 
Uh, you disappear. Uh, do you like shimmy up the tree or something? Or you just duck in further underneath the limbs? Well, I just close my eyes and they can't see me. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Ah, uh, yes. Did your daughter teach you that one? It's the yes, four-year-old yes. technique. Yes. <laughs> no, I uh, I kind of crouch low and I'm um, kind of closer to the underbrush. All right, that brings us now to the top of the round. Nari, we are back up to you. Okay. Well, I mean, if I haven't been seen yet, I I think I would kind of just like to maybe back up a little bit and try and stay hidden behind that tree and then just like ready my ax. So if someone, you know, does spot me, I'm ready to, to fight them. Okay. So you're going to move, you're going to, so just, you know, if you move backwards, you will be out of the tree. Oh, okay. Right now, right now you're kind of taking cover under the branch of the, under the branches, but you're fairly certain that somebody did see you. Okay. They did see me. Okay. Well, well yeah. Somebody said something's behind that tree. So, Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I still think I will hang out here, though. I think I'm just going to prepare my axe and just get ready for them to to come at me. Okay. Well, that brings us to the swordsmen. Uh, One of them is going to move uh, towards Ebby and start uh, kind of like uh, taking his uh, two swords and and clanging them together uh, and saying... Uh, like ho bear ho bear but instead it's like it's like oh cat oh cat get out of here scat and then the other one is going to start heading uh still heading north in the direction he was heading before uh towards the tree that Roos and nari are hiding behind and he's going to start doing the same thing banging his swords together uh yelling out uh scat cat scat (laughs) and then he's gonna say squee i was just about to say do they start actually scatting Doobie shra, doobie ra. What's that one guy? Uh, poppy, 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 poopy, poopy, poopy. Yep. <laughs> poppy, 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 poopy, 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 poopy. Really quick, I showed my kids that that video <laughs> or this, 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 that guy doing his scatting, whatever his name was, and they're like, "That's from the movie Sing." And I'm like, "No, Sing copied from the real guy." No, I. Yeah, no, I was watching Sing, and I when that part came up, and that guy's like, I just feel the music in my soul or whatever, and then he's just like playing his, or- like he's sitting there playing the, the keyboard, like going, do be shrad, fa la la, and I busted up, and my kids were so confused. <laughs> oh, anyway. All right. Shuby Taylor. Shuby Taylor. If you haven't seen Shuby Taylor, it, it, he's worth looking at, uh, checking out. He is the best scatter, um, and by best, I mean the worst scatter in... The history of scat and scat's not my favorite genre to begin with. So let's just say that he put the scat in scat. <laughs> and by scat, I mean like animal poop. <laughs> right, right. Ebby, it is your turn. What are you going to do? Oh, I still really want to try to create a diversion, but I'm, I'm wondering, okay, this might be, this might be quite the gamble. Okay, <laughs> here's what I think I want to try and do. I think I'm actually going to use a bonus action to end my wild shape so I can stand up tall and yell at these guards and say, like, um, fallen heaven is watching. I think that's what I want to do uh, as kind of my bonus action to start everything off. Okay. And then I want to start moving away from after hopefully I catch their attention 
I want to take a good like 10, 15 steps back into these trees over here, like just behind me. Okay. Just your thing, like over here? Yeah. So you moved moved further north? Yeah, kind of north, maybe northwest into those trees. Okay. Yeah, you definitely get attention. Everyone sees um, eyes whip over towards Ebby. And now it is actually uh, the great swordsman's turn. He is the leader of this group. He points his sword at Ebby and he says, there, that is what we're after. And he actually starts charging out to the very edge of the firelight um, as fast as he can go um, out into the dim light. And then it is the scout's turn and the guard's turn. That will activate my saved action of me throwing a dagger at the first person that gets in range. All right. Sounds great. Make your attack. Roos got a 20 t- uh, 22 to hit. <laughs> a 20 tit. A 20 tit. Awesome. That's a right. 20 tit hits. <laughs> okay. I got a six for the piercing damage. And since I, I assume I'm in stealth with this. Oh, yeah. You're uh, hiding. So then 13 precision. So a total of 19 damage. Nice hit. Yeah. He, and that dagger just goes flying out of the dark and it finds a, a spot like under his armpit and just sticks into him. Uh, totally startling him and dealing a massive 19 damage. Okay. Quick the question. Scouts, yes. Uh, with that, is Roos now, do they know where he is? Or is he able to still be stealthed after making connecting with the hit? Uh, what's the ruling generally for D&D? Because here's the deal. He's, Roos is still, I mean, if I look at the map, and I know that listeners can't look at the map, but... Um, Roos is still in the dark, right? Like there's no, nobody can see him because he's literally in the dark. Uh, so I think that they still wouldn't necessarily know exactly where he's at. It's basically right now, it's like Roos is invisible. On my map, I can only see like half of the guy's token. Right. I, I would say, yeah, I think the official rule is there is a there is a special skill that comes along with rogues, I think, later on, where you don't you don't give up your your hide if if you attack and miss. So I'm assuming that if you attack and hit rules as written would be that you are no longer considered hidden. Um, but like you said, he is in complete darkness. And if they don't have dark vision, then they can't see him. So that would count as invisible. So I think your ruling is right, Paul. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. But uh, the great swordsman definitely knows where that dagger, the direction it came from. Okay. Um, He yells out kind of a, oh, there's more. And then the scouts start to move up. Um, They they're the ones who have the uh, the bows. They move up kind of. So when he says, oh, there's more, Pine will say, no, it wasn't a dagger. It was bees. (laughs) (laughs) You you just Um, been scum. No, he doesn't really do that. All right. It looks like these uh, these three um, these three uh, scouts with their bows, they come rushing up. And the only thing that they can even see in the light where they're at is just the the very edge of something behind that tree. And it turns out it's Nari. So they're going to take aim and they're going to take shots at Nari. But they all have disadvantage because of of light visions and because of uh, just the way that things are. So they're going to take each going to take two shots at Nari. So that's six shots coming Nari's way. Good luck, Nari. Oof, okay. Yes, uh, the first one is a, ooh, uh, that is a a nine to hit. No, a 10 to hit. That misses. The second shot is a uh, 14 to hit. Or no, sorry, yeah. a 12 to hit. That misses that as misses. well. 
Okay, the second archer will go with his... Actually, let's roll all together. Um, there is a, a six and an eight. Those both go wide. And then the last archer takes his shots and he gets a uh, a 12 and a... Does a 15 hit you? No, come at me, bro. Okay, so arrows <laughs> go go wide. And just so you know, if it wasn't disadvantage, there were at least two natural 20s rolled. Um, so thank goodness for the dark light, um, because instead of not getting hit at all with six arrows, you could have had two crits against you. Um, that is the scout's turn. And then the last thing that's going to happen is we have guards moving up with their torches, giving more light to the area. And let's see what all is visible. Okay. As the light uh, spreads further now, um, Ebby, did you, you actually, did you actually hide? You moved back into the bushes, but did you actually hide? You know, your action? I, I didn't say I, I hid. Um, I think it's because I want them to try to give chase to me. I want, I want to try okay. to attack their majority of their attention. Okay. Nari is now in the open. Um, Roos is now visible um, as the light moves up, um, but it looks like uh, Ebby is barely visible. So um, we've got three out of four people uh, in the line of sight of the bad guys, and now it is Pine's turn. Okay, so Pine is still hidden. Um, I can see some of them, but I'm going to continue my my movement around kind of the the east side of this tree. Let's, let's see, 5, 10, 15. Um, and now I can see them all. Okay. Um, so I'm moving around this part of the tree. All their attention, I think, is going away from me, right? Oh, yeah. It's all in this. It's all heading out to the north and to the northwest. And you're over on the east side. So, yeah, nobody's really even looking in your direction. I do want you to make a stealth check. Uh, you can make it with advantage. Yeah. Okay. As you're moving around the tree. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Uh, I will make a stealth check with advantage. Uh, it's a twenty-one. Perfect. Yeah. So I will. I will um, draw uh, one. One of my three remaining daggers, and I will um, prepare to throw it at. The, there's a guard. One of the guards there with a torch. I'm going to prepare to throw it as soon as um, he starts moving on his next turn. Awesome. All right, and that brings us finally to Roos. Roos is going to mutter again. Damn, we're in a tight spot. Is Roos a Dapper Dan man? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I didn't know if anyone got the reference. I said it before and I was just going to keep going with it. <laughs> I knew it sounded familiar, but I I didn't catch it. If you would have said you were a man of constant sorrow, I would have I would have picked up on it, but Roos is going to char. Oh, so Roos is going to break free from the tree, thinking to charge the guy that was nearest him. And as he broke uh, the tree, he realized that this probably was a terrible idea. <laughs> Too late now, though. <laughs> oh, so Roos is out there in the open, and I am going to strike with my, my short sword and with my offhand dagger. Okay, now they're aware of you and you don't have anyone nearby, so you uh -huh. don't get your sneak attack this time. That's just fine. so you're aware. So a 19 to hit, or pardon me, uh, a rolled 19, 26 to hit on the first attack. Right, and you're attacking this basic basic old Imperial Guard with his spear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely hits. For nine damage. Nine damage, okay. He is hurting. With my offhand, I rolled a 20 to hit. Okay, and roll the damage. 
for one damage. Oh, man. He is hanging on by a thread, but you come out and you just slice, stab, and he is he he was not expecting somebody to come rushing out of the tree um, like that. Um, he was uh, he was definitely uh, more interested in the guy who was up in the other corner yelling out about fallen heaven. All right, Nari, it is your turn. We're back up to the top of the round. All right, Dari is going to be excited that she can finally do something. So she's going to run up with Roos and um, get his back. And she's going to okay. attack. Um, is this a great swordsman? Yeah, so what you've got, Nari, as you come running up, there's basically now there's two groups of soldiers. The ones that that are on the uh, further east, um, we have a swordsman and we have an, just a regular guard and we have a scout. And then on the west side, going more towards Ebi, we've got two scouts, a swordsman, a guard, and the great swordsman. So there's definitely more attention heading towards Ebi at the moment. Um, so right in front of you, Nari, is one of those swordsmen with the long sword and the short sword. Yes, so I am going to take my axe to him uh, okay. with a 12 to hit. That does not hit. Okay, um, I am going to do another swing at him and hope a 22 hits. That definitely hits. Okay, cool. Um, and that's going to do nine damage. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to do? No, I think that's it. Okay. That brings us now to the swordsman. So this swordsman next to Nari is going to take uh, three swings at you, Nari. Uh, the first two with the long sword. Uh, the, a six does not, or sorry, a, uh, an 11 doesn't hit, but a natural 20 does. <laughs> so here is a critical hit for 13 damage. No. And then the short sword attack is going to be a 14. That does not hit. Uh, the other swordsman sees people come rushing out of the woods um, he's a little bit torn because there's definitely somebody further up in the trees who was calling him out, out about fallen heaven, but he sees a more, uh, a closer, more, um, evident threat. So he's going to rush over and he's going to attack at Nari as well. Cause that is the easiest person for him to get to. So we have two long sword attacks against Nari. Oh gosh. And they both hit, uh, that's a 24 and a 22. That will be not terrible. That's only 14 damage between those two hits. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then the last one. Oh, my gosh. This guy hit you all three times because that's a that's a 22 to hit. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. And that will be for seven damage. OK, I'm out. You're down. Nari's out. Oh. Nari's down. Oh, gosh. Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. That was a big round for them. All right. That brings us to Ebby. All right. Well, here we go. Um. Yeah, I was I was hoping to like lead them completely away and we could sneak past. So um, we'll, let's just dive right into this. I'm going to use my last <laughs> level three spell slot and I'm going to drop two dire wolves right oh. uh, right here, kind of near where these archers are. Okay, so um, I have dropped in two uh, dire wolves. So uh, uh, Jordan, you have control of them. So okay. you can move them and do what you want to do with them. Okay. All right. There are now two direwolves that come uh, kind of from your green light out of your chest. They poof, they pop into existence. These these are not the wolves like you transformed into. These are direwolves. These are bigger. These are meaner. And there are two of them right next to these uh, scouts. All right. And then um, for my movement, I'm going to start kind of making my way 
I'm going to try to make my way uh, down towards the action as well. Okay. So just kind of moving closer towards the tree where Rus and Nari had originally been hiding. Okay. I'm going to make my way that way. Okay. And then with my bonus action, I will use uh, Innervating Strike to kind of pull out my fighting baton and get that thing charged up and ready to go. Um, Perfect. And then do your do your direwolves get to move on your initiative as well? Because sometimes they have to roll their own initiative. Yeah. Uh, roll initiative for the summoned creatures as a group. All right. And uh, their initiative, I rolled a 10 for them, so I don't know what their what their dexterity is. But that's actually probably good. It's not bad. It's uh, they have a, yeah, plus two on initiative, plus two for dex. Okay, yeah, so they, they, they rolled a 12 then, which means that uh, they will go before the guards at least. Okay. Okay. All right, nice move. All right, great swordsman sees what's going on. He is now got to decide whether he's going to go for the wrapped up and robed figure coming towards him or the two direwolves that literally popped out 10 feet from him. Let me make a roll. Ebby, he is coming to you. Oh boy. <laughs> he comes right up to you and he's going to take two swings at you with his great sword. Oh, a nine and a natural one. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> just with the wet and the rain and the nastiness, uh, it seems like he just is not quite ready and he swings his sword and you see him like almost lose it, but he manages to hold on to it. Um, and that is his turn. Uh, we have scouts. Now we have three scouts. So here's the deal. Uh, each of your direwolves is going to get shot at by one of the scouts. And then the third scout is going to make his move against, uh, uh, probably against Roos. So here we go. First direwolf does a 15 hit. A 15 would hit. Okay. They have a 14 AC. Then they take six damage. That first one takes six damage. Okay. The second scout is going to shoot at the second direwolf. Does a yeah? Does a fifteen hit as well? Yes, and its damage is going to be five damage. Got it. All right, and that brings us now to oh, and then uh, Roos, the uh, the archer is going to shoot at you as well, and it looks like his two shots. The first one goes wide. The second one, oh my gosh, is a crit. Ouch. Okay, you guys. Um, it's been nice knowing this party. <laughs> That will be uh, a total of 13 damage to Roos. Okay, Roos, as the arrow is coming in, he's going to activate his crystalline absorption matrix, and the um, the impact is softened, softened by uh, the magic in his glove. Nice. Direwolves, go! They are both going to gang up on this guy right here. Okay. And with their pack tactics, the hope is that they're going to have advantage on all of these attacks. So, oh my gosh, yes, they will. That poor scout. So, here's the first dire wolf's attack a 16 to hit. Well, it didn't give me advantage. Well, roll it again because you might crit. Okay. A 16 definitely hits. Okay, cool. And then for damage, it will be seven bite damage. Okay. Okay, and then the next one will attack again. Uh, 23 to hit, so not not a crit. Let's try its advantage roll. 
22. So no crit. Okay. And the second one does seven damage on its bite attack. All right. So a total of, I believe that's a total of 14 damage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this guy all of a sudden is hurting very, very badly, uh, but he is still standing. All right. And that brings us now to the guards. Um, Pine, as you're watching, you had a move ready. Uh, the guard closest to you is about ready to stab at Roos with his spear. Sweet. So I will then throw my dagger that was prepared. Perfect. Uh, and it's only a 10. So it goes oh. wide. And it bounces off of his uh, shield that he's got raised. He didn't even realize that you were coming at him, but his shield was raised. Um, he's going to stab with his spear at Roos. Bruce does a uh, does a 10 hit. I do not believe so. No, 16 is my AC. Okay. And that brings us to Pine. Okay, uh, Pine so I, I wanted to say something. I remembered something about dire wolves, and we can do it next time. But don't if they bite, don't they also have a chance of uh, knocking them down? Let's see. Oh, yeah. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 13 strength save or be knocked prone. You know what? You guys already have one ally knocked prone, so why don't we go ahead and give that to you now? So see if you see if you, that scout gets knocked prone. A DC what strength save? A DC 13 strength save. Okay, he manages to stay standing with a natural 18. Oh, but he did it twice. Yeah. Uh, and then a natural 20. <laughs> wow. Okay. Boo. All right. I haven't rolled a lot of natural 20s this uh, this session. All right. Pine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have, huh? Yeah, you have. <laughs> Keep rubbing it in. <laughs> Shooting arrows in our eyes. Golly, oh, guys. Golly. Uh, okay, I'm going to move right up next to Roos, and I'm going to attempt to kill off this guard that is uh, hanging on to life right there, is holding on for life, as they say. Um, uh, that's a dirty 20. That hits. 13 damage. He is down. Okay. All right. Um, and then I'm going to move in, uh, next to, uh, Nari's, uh, dead body, not dead body, sorry, unconscious body, still very much recoverable. <laughs> and I'm going to get between Roos and this, uh, archer, and I'm going to take a swing at the archer. Okay. And that's only a 10. So that's that probably a miss as well. Yeah. He's got like leather armor on, but he seems more spry than the other the other soldiers that are out here. All right, that brings us now to Roos. Roos, there is nobody next to you, um, except for an unconscious Nari, a dead guard, and Pine. Roos is going to step over the unconscious body of Nari. Now, is giving someone a potion an item interaction, or is that an action? I'll say you can do it as a bonus action. I don't know what the ruling is on that in the book, but I don't want to look it up. So I'll say you can do a, a potion as a bonus action. I have just a regular one. Was it 2D4s or is it? I have one. I just need to be able to take it. <laughs> uh, 2D4 plus two. All right. So Nari, you got... Oh, I clicked it twice. Uh, Nari, you got six health. Woo! And I'm going to stand over her kind of shoulder to shoulder with Pine and say, looks like we're in the thick of it again. And I'm going to take two strikes at this at uh, the swordsman in front of me. One with my short sword, one with my uh, dagger. Well, you only get the one because your dagger your, is a bonus action and you use the bonus action to give the potion to Nari. So yeah, so just one hit. You're right, you're right. Sorry, sorry. One, one attack. Uh, 15 to hit. That misses. Ah, bummer. Okay, never mind. That's it. Okay. Nari, you are... Um, you have somebody straddling you. <laughs> 
Um, That's hot. <laughs> you know, I think that I'm going to be a little bit more concerned about gabbing out my own potion of healing. Um, and I'm going to pop that bad boy open. So 13. So I'm going to be feeling a little bit better. Uh, can I kind of scooch out from underneath Roos and move you over here? Let's say since you're big enough, if you want to, you can actually stand up and scooch Roos backwards. All right. <laughs> and you can take his space if you want to. Or you can do it either way. You can leave Roos in the thick of it or you can stand up and take his place. Roos has no say in the matter. You're way bigger than he is. Yeah. <laughs> I will um, Yeah, stand up and I will swing at the um, swordsman right in front of me. Okay. And I got a 16 to hit. That barely misses. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I will swing one more time and a 23 to hit. That hits. Okay, that does five damage. I don't think that is a five damage. I think you get to roll out again. Oh, that's Great right. Weapon it... master. Yeah, yeah. Six. Okay, that's that's your <laughs> final roll. <laughs> All right. Which brings us now to the swordsman. Okay. So one swordsman has to choose between Roos and Nari, and the other swordsman has to choose between Nari and Pine. So the first one between uh, Roos and Nari. Uh, Roos, there's a swordsman attacking you twice with a longsword. Uh, and I do not believe that a, an eight or a 10 hit you. And then once at you with the short sword for another natural 20. That will hit. That will hit. Okay. Oh, man. That's going to do 11 damage. Roos again is going to activate the crystalline absorption matrix in his glove and it's going to absorb part of the blow. Okay. Uh, and then the other one has to choose between Nari and Pine. So looks like Nari, you have two attacks coming at you. Oh, or three boy. attacks. Two longsword. Uh, one of those is going to hit you. Okay. Uh, with a 24. So you are going to take... First off, you're going to take four damage. Uh, that's the minimum amount of damage for that strike. And then with the short sword comes striking out and uh, with a 20 to hit you, that hits you as well, I believe. And that's going to be nine damage. Or, or, sorry, a seven damage. Seven damage? Yes. Um, okay. That's, I'm still hanging on, so we're all good. All right. And Ebby, that brings us to you. Maybe not all good, but somewhat good. <laughs> I'm thriving. <laughs> <laughs> I am living my best life, guys. <laughs> that That's beautiful. Okay, I'm going to, rather than engage this scary-looking great swordsman, um, I'm going to just kind of start moving as much as I can to kind of get back to the group. I think I can get it all the way over to the rest of the crew, right over here next to Roos. You can. Are you going to take the disengage action? Because if not, the great swordsman is going to get a swing at you as you move past him. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we had engaged yet or not. Yeah, because he had swung at you twice. So. Oh, I guess he did, didn't he? He missed both times terribly, but yeah. Yes, let's go ahead and use the disengage action to get past. And okay. then let's do, as my bonus action... I'm going to get close and use a level one spell slot to do Erdos's word on Nari. Okay. I wish I had my sexy unicorn to help us all get healed up, but oh well. So six points of healing for Nari. Thanks, Abby. Okay. 
I got you. I got you. All right. This brings us back to the great swordsman. He sees Ebby um, kind of uh, fend off his his thrusts and swipes, and uh, he decides he's going to follow behind after Ebby. He's going to try to chase him down, but there's these two dire wolves in the way. So he's going to make a check to see if he goes after the dire wolves or if he goes after Ebby. Uh, dire wolves it is. So he stops at this first dire wolf, and he's going to take two swings at this dire wolf. There's an 11 and a 23. Does a 23 hit? Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be eight damage to this uh, the dire wolf on the left. Got it. Okay. And now we have some scouts. So this scout is this. So there's three scouts. One of them is not engaged, and he's going to try to help out the scout who's been getting attacked by the dire wolves. He's going to take a sh- two shots at that first dire wolf. And uh, an 11 or a 7. Neither one of those hit. The second one is being attacked by the dire wolf. He is going to try to move back to take a shot. Um, but he does not do the disengage. So both of your dire wolves can take a, an attack opportunity against him with advantage thanks to pack tactics. Woohoo! Let's totally do that. Okay. So first one, a 9 doesn't hit, but his... Oh, he crits on his advantage. Okay, well then you say save the other one's uh, reaction. <laughs> so just that first one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and how much damage? Let's see how much damage this thing can do. So he would normally do eight, and then do I re-roll the two d six? Is that the? Well, here I'm looking at what this says. It looks like it says two d six plus three. You got an eight, which means that you rolled a five, which means that it's actually five plus five plus three, which means it would be thirteen damage. Got it. Okay. Does that make any sense? What I just said. Yeah, that you're doubling the base. One plus one plus two plus one. Plus two plus one. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, Matt. Clue? Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's a deep cut. I have not watched that movie Man. forever. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this, this scout tries to back up, and he's like, he's screaming. He's like, oh, gosh, the wolves right here. And then uh, as he tries to get his bow up to get a shot up at one of these dire wolves, it just rips his throat out. <laughs> And he is done. Okay, this last scout here who is uh, being threatened by Pine and by Nari, he is going to do the same thing. Um, he's going to take a step back and get attacked. He's going to get attacked by Nari and or Pine. So Pine rolled an 18 on his attack of opportunity. Perfect. And damage? 12 damage. Ooh, man. Nari also rolled an 18. Nice <sighs> job. Yeah. Um, and 12 damage. All right. Oh, We're twins. And just like that. This, this, <laughs> did you guys roll the exact same? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys managed to take down this scout. No problem. Like he backs up and it's just slice and smash. He, he crumbles to the ground. All right. So uh, there is now one scout left standing, one guard left standing, two swordsmen and a great swordsman. And that brings us now to the dire wolves. They are both threatened by the great swordsman. I, I think they're just going to turn around and attack the great swordsman. I think I am going to do one little shift. I'm going to move this one just a little bit to the side. He's still going to be engaged, but I kind of want him between the uh, other scout and the great swordsman, if that's cool with you. 
That, you do whatever you need. Yeah, that, that did not trigger any kind of attacks. You just kind of repositioned yourself, got the uh, got the direwolf actually. Um, it's a good thing because now the direwolf um, actually threatens that scout as well. So that scout, if he wants to shoot at this direwolf, he's going to have to move as well. So that's the hope. Yeah, a great move all around by that direwolf. Alrighty, so let's go ahead and we'll make attacks on the great swordsman with advantage. Okay. So first direwolf rolls a... 19 on the first roll, 14 on the second, so a 19 to hit. Perfect, that hits. What's the damage? Damage is 10 bite damage. Nice. The next dire wolf rolls a 15 and a 6 crit fail, so 15 to hit. Okay, that misses. Now, this guy has to make a strength save, right? Difficulty what? 13? Yeah, DC 13 strength save. All right, he rolls a an 11, and so he, the Great Swordsman, actually goes down. He is now uh, prone. Yes, thank goodness. Yeah, good round for those, uh, those direwolves. All right, and that brings us to the last guard. He is going to step in and strike at the direwolf that has been... Um, well, one of the dire wolves. We'll just say that. Does a, yes, a 16 does hit the dire wolf. Yep. And that is going to deal eight damage. Got it. Okay. Pine, you are up. All right. Pine is going to look at uh, Nari and Roos. How are y'all looking? Roos has an arrow in him and a couple of cuts, and is there's blood dripping down him. Okay. Yeah, Nari's not doing great, but uh, I do have a few things up my sleeve, so I'm not stressing about it too much. Okay. Uh, it's either. Uh, I feel like I feel like the best thing to do would be to get rid of the threat. So I'm going to uh, take some attacks against the swordsman in front of me. My first okay. attack is a 24 to hit. That's a hit. That's 14 piercing damage. Nice. And then my second, uh, well, let's see. I got, I still have some spell slots. Let's go ahead and turn that into Swordmaster's Fury. So I'm going to roll an extra 2d8 damage. Okay. Uh, that's another six damage on top of that. Not worth it. Okay. All right. And then your second attack. My second attack will be a 25 to hit. Nice. And that's another nine damage. Nice. And he's still standing, huh? He is still standing, but he is definitely closer to death than he was uh, than he is to uh, uh, full health. And then um, I will actually just uh, um, I'm going to stay where I'm at so that I have, you know, quick access to Nari or Roos. OK, awesome. And then did you want Crumbles to do anything else or just stay back in the woods? No, I think Crumbles is going to move. I'd like to move Crumbles a little bit closer, but still keep him hidden. Hopefully he can see enough from the torchlight to kind of guide himself to another tree a little bit closer. Yeah, you know, Crumbles is not too worried about making noise anymore because there's so much noise going on here in this clearing. Okay. All right, that's my turn. Paul, I do notice on the map that there is a tipped over wagon. Is that just flavor or is there really something there? 
You know what? Uh, yeah, there's actually a tipped over wagon here in the uh, in this clearing. It looks like it's very old. It's just kind of some detritus uh, or detritus or however you say that word. I've only ever read it in books, so I'm not exactly sure. Um, but it is uh, there's there's looks like there's some old uh, uh, wagon debris um, kind of off to pines uh, to his left over here on the on the east side of the map. Okay, all right, that'll be my turn. Okay, and that brings us to Roos. All right, Roos is going to see that the group next to him has it fairly well handled. Going to bonus action disengage and run up to the downed swordsman. You wait—he wasn't the swordsman; he was the the great swordsman. So Roos is going to run up to the downed great swordsman and uh, just try and kind of slash at his throat while he is on the ground. So you get advantage on these attacks because he's prone. That was my intention. So I got a 23 to hit. That hits. For seven piercing damage and six uh, precision damage. So 13 total. Very nice. He is hurting pretty bad. And that will be my turn. Okay. Our, oh, yeah, because you did the bonus action disengage. All right. And that brings us to Nari. Nari, it's your turn. Okay, Nari is going to use her bonus action um, to call on Lady Belra and use her second wind. Okay. To hopefully get a little bit of health back. So that was five. I rolled a five there, and then it's five plus five. So ten. Okay. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to hit the soldier right in front of me again and see if I can actually hit him this time. 14 to hit. Uh, you're attacking that swordsman in front of you? 14 yeah. does not hit. He is wearing splint armor. 25 to hit. That definitely hits. Okay, that did 16 damage. To this guy? Yes, guy right in front of me. Oh, yeah, that is uh, some... How much damage did you do? 16? Yep. That is more than enough. You swing with the first one. He gets his uh, his uh, short sword up in to kind of block it. And then you come back with your backswing and just clobber him on the backside of the head. And he crumples like a like a sack of potatoes. Nice. It only took like four rounds, but I got him. Well, to be fair, they have a lot of hit points. <laughs> I noticed <laughs> <laughs> the guy next to you, the other one, the other swordman who, swordman who is still standing, has not been hit at all yet. I, I know that as well. Yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, and that brings us now to the swordsman's turn. Okay. So there is Ebby and there is Nari next to him. And he is going to see who he's going to attack. Uh, Ebby, here come some attacks against you. You've got two long swords and then one short sword. So the two long sword attacks, we have a 12 and an 8. Nope. Woohoo. Okay. And we have a short sword attack of a 15. Uh, no. Oh, wow. That's awesome. There you go. (laughs) So the swordsman totally whiffed it this time. Uh, and Ebby is, uh, is unhurt. And that brings us now to Ebby's turn. That was lucky. It's all because that chain shirt stuff, man. That's right. Okay, I think I'm I mean, I'm engaged on that guy now. So let's just go ahead and have a swipe at him with the with like my energized fighting baton. And see how we do a 22 to hit that hits for. uh, 
11 bludgeoning damage. Nice. Okay, so I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but quick question. Besides like your back and forths with different people, have you ever hit with the enervating strike? I don't think so. Okay, I think this is your first hit. I'm, I'm not yes. trying to be. I'm just saying, good job, man. That's no, awesome. I think, thanks, man. I kind of appreciate. It. No, I mean, like half the time, I'll like get it started, but then I'll just end up using my action to cast spells. So right, right, yeah, yeah. You actually got to use your your throbbing rod. <laughs> oh, no, you can't say throbbing. Oh, it's like throbbing with energy, right? Oh, yeah. no. It's oh, like no. that. It's right. a big day for Ebby. It's a big day, Ebby. Yeah. All right. Okay. It's a big day. All right. And then you have bonus action and move. Anything else you want to do? You know, there's really nothing for my bonus action that I can do at the moment. Okay. So I'm, I'll just let it go at that. Okay. All right. Then we have uh, moving on to the Great Swordsman. He is going to use half his movement to stand back up. And he now has three targets to choose from. So we will see if he goes after Direwolf number one, Direwolf number two, or if he goes after Roos. He's going after Direwolf number two. Okay. Direwolf number two is going to get two swings with a great sword. We have got a nine, and then we have a 21. So with a 21, that will be nine damage to Direwolf number two. Got it. And our last scout. These guys are beefy, these direwolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking either four black bears or two direwolves, but the direwolves have decent AC and like more than twice as many hit points. Oh, nice. Right. And then also the, the black bears, I, all you have to do is say, oh, bear, oh, bear, and then they'll <laughs> run away. <laughs> <laughs> we already learned that on a previous episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, no, uh, I was going to leave a picnic <laughs> basket laying out and they're going to just ignore you completely. Yeah, a little oh, jar of honey. <laughs> All right, there you go. That brings us now to the last scout. He's going to back away from direwolf number one. Uh, he's going to, to attempt to anyway. Uh, direwolf number one can take an attack against him. He's going to take some steps back and try to shoot at this direwolf, though. We will definitely take the opportunity attack. A 10 to hit, though, will not do it. That does not hit. Now, to hit the direwolf, I think that a 7 does not hit, but a 14 does, right? That just hits. Okay. Uh, for 4 damage. All right. We'll take it. All right. And now it is the direwolf's turn. So, a uh, quick recap of where the direwolves are at. It looks like two direwolves are threatening a great swordsman, or one of those direwolves is also threatening a soldier. Just a regular old imperial soldier. Yeah. I think... We are going to still focus down on the great swordsman with these dire wolves. Okay. Because he's, he's big and beefy and scary. Um, and we can use our pack tactics. So why not? So the first one gets a nat 20 on its okay. first roll. We'll leave it at that and see how much damage. And rolls max damage as well. Oh my gosh. Nice. Or at least almost max damage. It would have been... Uh, I rolled an 11 and then plus three. But if we're doubling the roll, it would be 22 plus three. So 25 damage. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Nice. This great swordsman swordsman goes to stand up. He takes a couple swings. uh, And then the the dire wolf, that first dire wolf, just just leaps up and rips his head off. Just like this great swordsman goes down uh, in a bloody mess. Oh, that is fantastic. 
So then you still have your other, the other direwolf uh, gets to move. All right. This other direwolf will gleefully jump over the bloody corpse of the great swordsman and kind of come around to the other swordsman and have an attack on him. And sorry, real, real quick. That's that's the guard. That's not the swordsman. The, that's guard, the guard. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, a 24 to hit. And then does he still get the pack tactics on this? He does. He does. Okay. So one more roll, a 12. Darn. So no critical. But a 24, I think, would hit it. The 24 does hit, though. Cool. And then for damage, he does eight, eight bite damage. Nice. All right. Direwolves are MVPs of this battle so far. No offense to everybody else. No, no, no. I mean, I think we all agree. All right. Well, that brings us to the guard's turn. He is starting to panic. Um, let's see what he's going to do. Let's see if he wants to die for this. Um, he is going to disengage and turn around and head back 30 feet. He is right like on the, oh, he's not on the edge, but he's, he is starting to turn around and he is starting to book it. And just remember that this is the guy who has the torch. The other, the other Imperial guard who got, who went down, his torch is still sputtering. So it's still giving off light. Um, I should have been more aware of this. It might go out uh, in the rain and in the mud. So just be aware. All right. That brings us now to Pine. Okay, Pine is, um, I don't want that guy to get away, but we're still, there's still a lot of threat here. So, um, Pine is going to go, oh, Pine is going to go ahead and, um, kind of start to close the distance with the guy who's trying to run away. Okay. Boop, actually, no, I can get right there. I can get right to him. <laughs> so, Pine's going to run right up to him. <laughs> yep, I'll get right up to him and I'm going to take, uh, a, a couple attacks. So first one. Okay. Uh, 16. Does that hit? That hits. Yes. For eight damage. That's, that's enough. Okay. That's enough. You run up and you, and you, you kind of run this guy through, you kind of like hit him from the side. Okay. And then can I, I, I got another five feet. So I'm going to move closer to back up toward, you know, the archer who's still threatening people. Okay. Perfect. And then I do have an, an, one more attack. Can I do it with a thrown dagger or not? Sure. Okay, I'll throw a dagger at that guy. For 15, does a 15 hit the archer? Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, for eight, piercing damage. Eight damage from a thrown dagger. That's awesome. That's max cool, damage, cool. I think. Yeah, max damage, so. Awesome. All right. Now, um, um, Crumbles is going to come charging in at the remaining swordsman. Okay. So uh, Crumbles can move 60 feet. I think Crumbles should be able to make it there. Yep. And then Crumbles is going to take an attack. All of a sudden, uh, Ebby and Nari, you just feel the ground around. You start to like, do, 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 shake and shimmy. And you look up just in time to see this Aurora Borealis uh, fox-tailed elk come charging out of the woods with apple bottoms strapped to its back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Does a 17 hit? <laughs> a 17 barely hits. Okay, that's 14 bludgeoning damage from its toes. Nice. Um, and then it, uh, this guy has to make a DC 14 strength saving throw or get knocked down. Oh, Dang he it. made it with a, with a natural 19. <sighs> okay, because if he gets knocked down, then I get a, I get to use a bonus action for another hoof attack. But yeah, we'll take that. Right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But yeah, he's still standing. Okay. All right. Roos, you're up. Bruce is going to run up to the archer, um, take a couple of strikes at him. Okay. 
The first one with his short sword is a 24 to hit. That's definitely going to hit. For seven damage. Uh, ooh, barely hanging on. And then with his offhand, he'll strike with the dagger and got a 10 to hit. That is not enough. Okay. And that will be my turn. All right, Nari. You've got a swordsman right in front of you who just got clobbered by some hooves. Yeah, I am going to see if I can just swing my axe down and try to finish him off um, with a 25 to hit. That hits. 12 damage. Okay. Um, And then I'm going to come in swinging again with 19. That hits. And 16 damage. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. And oh, so close to killing him. He is still standing. And it is now his turn. Let's see. Oh. All right. This guy, it's his turn. He drops his sword, both swords, puts his hands on his head and drops to his knees and say, I surrender, I surrender. Don't kill me. And that's his turn. Ebby, you're up. He is on his knees with his hands in front of you, or hands on his head right in front of you. I, uh... I'm going to go ahead and swing for non-lethal damage then. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of bummed that I'm using my charged up baton to not actually kill somebody. A 16 to hit. Does that actually oh. do it? <laughs> you no, know, it doesn't hit him. He's got that <laughs> split metal on. You know, we'll say since he's on his hands and knees with his, head, with his hands on his head, you can hit with it. You can have advantage. Okay. I like that. Because he's not, he's not actively trying to uh, not get hit. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just beating on his like shield or I missed his head completely. A swing and a miss. Yeah, he's sitting there right in front of you and you miss him. <laughs> well, that's going to be a hit. Yes, that's right. going to be a hit. rolled an 18 for the next one. And I don't know how many hit points he's got, but for non-lethal damage, I would have done eight damage. All right. That knocks him out. He is down. Okay. And I think that not leaves us with just one lonely scout still standing. And it is his turn. Uh, and he is in real bad shape as well. Um, he sees the swordsman give up and he drops his bow and he holds his hands up too. And he says, oh, I give up too. I give up too. So here's where we're at. Roos, you have this scout archer guy standing right in front of you with his hands up, no weapon in his hands. We have um, the direwolf's turn. We have Pine's turn and we have Roos's turn before we get back up to the, uh, to the beginning of the initiative order. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to leave initiative and take this guy captive? Oh, no, we already have our hands way too full with apple bottom. <laughs> yeah, Roos's plan is to strike him down. I, I've got an I've got an idea if we don't want to bloody our hands even more. Um, if we incapacitate them, we might be able to, like, throw them on the backs of the direwolves or I could tell the direwolves to, like, you know, grab them by the back of their shirt or the nape of their neck and just carry them off into the woods. Um for the roughly hour that the direwolves exist, they could just carry them off into the wrong direction. Oh, but I think that having the direwolves with us, I mean, that was a level three spell. And if we run into anything else in the next hour, it'd be so nice to have their help. That's that's fair, too. 
Yeah, and if they get back and, you know, tell people which direction we've gone. I mean, at this point, people, well, I guess we we killed a bunch of people, but they might not have known we had survived. If we leave them without means for, um, well, I guess this, this is this feels like a conversation we should have in character. Well, you guys, okay, we're out of initiative. You guys have a scout who's awake. You have a, a swordsman who is asleep. I want to go knock him out. All right. So I will do non-lethal damage with my uh, saber. Does a 13 hit? A 13 barely hits, and he had one hit point left. He is out. Good. Okay. All right. You guys are in this clearing. Um, some of you covered in blood, your own blood, other people's blood. You've got these dire wolves kind of... I mean, they're under Ebby's control, but they are stalking around, smelling this blood everywhere. And, I mean, it's it's kind of freaky being this close to these wild animals, even though they're under control. Uh, Crumble starts to smell it in the air as well and get a little bit antsy, but not like not going to run away or anything, but you can tell that Crumbles is on edge. You have a knocked out swordsman, you have a knocked out archer scout guy, and you have a lot of dead bodies around you. In the rain, in the forest, just 20 minutes or so from the river. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Oh, man. (laughs) So thank you guys for playing. Hopefully you guys had fun. That was... uh, that first round, I was starting to get a little bit nervous uh, for all of you when Nari went down right away. But uh, oh, I thought TPK for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was getting nervous, too. It was going to be a brutal one. Then the direwolves showed up and then that that kind of changed things. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, well, awesome, guys. Great session. Thanks for playing. Um, if you like what you're hearing, then go ahead and hashtag one two sided guys to tweet at us. That's how you do it, right? <laughs> tweet the twitters i don't know what i'm doing okay so twitter us <laughs> tweet at us you know send us a uh send us uh what you like about the episode um maybe who your favorite character is it's nari uh some fan art whatever you got for us yeah and 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 paul i, I do want to say too apparently leaving reviews on the different uh podcast apps that you guys use really helps this become uh, more visible to other people who are looking for new podcasts. So if you, uh, you know, like what you hear, maybe leave us a review. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Very cool. And on any platform you listen to us on, that'd be greatly appreciated. But yeah, so until uh, we get together again, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, Have a good night.